Good morning. God loves a paradox. He loves a dichotomy. I mean, it's all in the Bible, that it's the small things that will confound the wise, that if you want to keep your life, you're willing to lose it. There's all of these paradoxes. And so me giving this message today is a paradox, okay? This is not me saying I have it all together and you guys are scrubs and you need to come up a level. It's more of this is a lesson of what not to do. And so I'm going to be very transparent. I'm going to tell on myself. You'll, you'll get to learn all the down and dirty about me in the past. It's all over now, honey. Don't worry. <laughs> it's gone and buried. You're, you're safe. But, I mean, I really wrestled with the Lord because I just didn't feel worthy to even speak about this topic. And so those of you that have known me for 20 years, when I finally say it, just try to hold back your laughter because it's, it is ironic. I mean, this only God, right? Only God. So this morning, we're going to look at self-control. <laughs> yeah, self-control. There's a reason there's laughter, self-control. In my 20s and 30s, I'm 40-something. Okay, 40s. Self-control and I have not been friends. Earlier in my life, there may have been a few times that I forgot or didn't pay a bill, and my phone may have or may not have been cut off. Lights may have been out. Water may have been cut off. Because I didn't have the self-control when I walked through the mall or Target or Old Navy. I didn't have the self-control that I needed to see ahead in two weeks or a week or two days that I was going to need that money for other things that are so boring, like bills. Ugh. Why? You know, like, ugh. Yeah, I want the lights, but don't send me a bill. And so self-discipline, self-control has been a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So we all have it. We're going to go into that. But it's been something that I've had to grow in. Now, I realize some people are born not as children, not as babies, but as little adults. And they have self-discipline just in their DNA. I did not. That gene got skipped in me. <laughs> my, my genetic material didn't have that one. The Holy Spirit had to insert it. Hallelujah. How, do you, how, much, how many of you know if we don't have something, the Holy Spirit will give us everything we need to become more like him. And yes, he is self-controlled and self-disciplined. And so that is something that probably all of us in one area or another we need to grow in. And if you're perfect and you're perfectly self-controlled and self-disciplined in your tongue and in your money and in your food and, and you're working out and you're spending your time with the Holy Spirit and spending your time with your kids and not surfing the internet while you're at work and everything else, then you can just learn what the rest of us slobs are thinking and you can then have pity on us, okay? So as I've been cleaning house and putting down carpets and chasing after dogs because we have five... Uh, I listen to audiobooks, and so I've been listening to a Navy SEAL. Now, if you want a physical definition of self-discipline, you can look at a Navy SEAL. And he talks like this. Jocko. Yes, Jocko. I wasn't going to say his name, but there it is. Jocko Willink. Love him. 
And he in there, he said, one of his little, he's, he's all about extreme ownership. You know, there's no bad teams. There's just bad leaders. You didn't explain it enough. You didn't give them the goal. You didn't give them the mission. You didn't follow up. You didn't test first. You didn't, you didn't uh, hold accountable. Like there's, you know, he's all about this. But one of his little maxims is self-discipline equals freedom. Self-discipline equals freedom. Now, my little 20-year-old self may or may not have sat at Lena's table, and she says, you just have to have some self-control. And I got a sad look on my face, and I said, that just doesn't sound fun. <laughs> because it's one of those paradoxes that the Lord has that it seems like if you just spend without thinking, if you eat without thinking, if you stay up all night without thinking, if, if you don't do your work and you surf on the internet or you gossip at the water cooler or you do other things, that you are free. You are living this free life and you can just do whatever you want, whenever you want, how much you want. But the Bible even says that things in excess are not good. It even says when you're sitting at the king's table, don't eat too many of the dainties. Show some restraint. Show some self-control because what happens is when you think you're being free and you're out of control, eventually external discipliners will come knocking on your door in the form of creditors, <laughs> in the form of maybe sickness and disease because we, we didn't do right by our bodies, in the form of super tiredness and so you didn't learn what you were supposed to learn in school because you stayed up too late and now you're too exhausted to pay attention like discipline will come you know you didn't leave in time and so you're speeding no I'm not talking to myself at this one at all you know you're speeding to get somewhere and you don't have the self-discipline to go 55 and you're doing 75 and the red and blue lights show up in the rearview mirror, there will be external discipline that comes your way if you don't have the ability to discipline yourself. And so self-discipline equals freedom. Because what I learned later in life, once I did start disciplining myself through baby steps, was that when I had self-discipline and I said no to myself at Target to that cute little doodad that was completely unnecessary and that I already had 25 other doodads and I didn't need it, then later when I wanted to really spend or more importantly when the Holy Spirit was guiding me to give to something, I had the freedom to do so. I had the freedom, the true freedom to do so because I didn't have creditors on my tail and I wasn't getting my phone cut off and my lights cut off and three, almost two and a half, almost three payments behind on my, on my uh, car or something. And so I was able to then really step into freedom and do what God was calling me to do. See, self-discipline equals freedom. In Proverbs 25, 28, 28 it says, like a city that is broken down and without walls, leaving it unprotected, is a man who has no self-control over his spirit and sets himself up for trouble. Now, we don't have to go looking for trouble. There is a devil that would love to bring trouble to our door. But when we have exercised, when we have walked in the Holy Spirit and listened to him, and when he said, no, don't do that. 
no, don't go there, no, don't say that, no, don't listen to that, no, don't watch that, no, don't drink that, no, don't eat that, no, don't lay on the couch, get up and go take a walk, no, don't do this, don't do that. When we've listened to him, then when trouble comes knocking, we have the Holy Spirit and all that the Lord has said about us to then protect us so that we're not left open as just a, a lame duck for the devil to come and, and have his way. Because, see, there's a purpose and a destiny that God has for us. And we can't always be messing up and, and allowing the devil to come in and just take advantage of us to where we're constantly having to fight off the devil. Whereas if we would just listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he says called us to do, then we are free to do what he calls us to do. See, I feel like, the, I mean, it's, it's, it's trite. It's been said, it's been said, it's been said. But there is revival coming. There is revival coming to this nation. And if we're constantly having to clean up our mess, if we're constantly falling down in the same place, if we're constantly letting our walls down and saying, come on in, devil, steal my money, steal my time, steal my health, steal my job, steal my promotion, steal my destiny, steal my purpose, steal it all, and I'm going to be going to God and having everybody pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, because I'm under attack. No, your walls are broken down because you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. And so then we never, ever, ever get to what God has called us to do. We never have the freedom to step into the destiny, the, the, the ministry that God has called us to. And we were designed for ministry. We were designed for work. We were designed for work. Whether you work in the secular world, I'm not working in the secular world for the first time in I don't know how many years. But I work. Five dogs, two kids, and a husband is work. Ooh, hallelujah. Just getting the groceries, my basket. I go to Sam's once a week. The basket is just huge. I always look at the lady. I'm like, I have a family. She said, I can tell. She knows. But we were designed for work. Kingdom work. Not building my kingdom work. Building his kingdom work. And so there are people to be touched, nations to be reached, generations to be saved, that God is waiting on us. See, God has given us promises and promises and promises. Here's the thing about promises. Some promises won't come until you're mature enough to handle it. Other promises will come to mature you. Those are the ones that are a little painful, but they will come. But maturity doesn't come by years. It comes by obedience. Maturity comes by obedience. And obedience is doing something hard. Do you know how you, you, you build your self-esteem? You know, nowadays there's so much in the schools about building little Johnny's self-esteem and we want to build their self-esteem and we're going to give everybody a participation trophy so we can build their self-esteem. You know how you build self-esteem? You do something hard. You do something hard, and, it, you, and I'm not talking about climbing Everest. I'm not, I'm not talking about running a marathon, even though we have some marathon runners. You know, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, okay, I started a diet a couple of weeks ago. Again, self-control, what not to do. And so I, 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 I dropped the kids off. I kind of had a hard morning, and I was driving home. And on the way home, I get to the stop sign, and to the right is Dollar General that has 
powdered donuts. <laughs> and to the left is my house that has no sugar. None. No sugar in the house. The kids have sugar-free jello, sugar-free pudding. And so I'm at the stop sign, and I want to go right. I want powdered donuts and maybe even a package of chocolate donuts to soothe myself because, thank you, yes, they are good, so good, and I want to soothe my soul. And there's a, a toddler on the inside of me. There's a toddler. I am 40-something years old, and there's a toddler on the inside of me going, I want donuts, I want donuts. I have a little white dog. He's, I don't know, 15 pounds. I call him Thumper because when I get my keys in the morning, he starts thumping, jumping, jumping, jumping. Take me, take me, take me, take me, take me. That's what I felt like on the inside. There was something, donuts, 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 donuts. I got to the stop sign. Oh, I wanted to go right. But something in me, the Holy Spirit said, you're going to feel better about yourself if you go left. Those donuts will be good for a minute. But then you're going to feel guilty. You're going to have broken your commitment. You're going to have to tell your dietary partner that you fell off the wagon. You're, and then, really, you're going to, because I haven't had sugar for a while, you're going to have the sugar high, and you're going to have a sugar crash, and you're not going to get done what you need to get done today because you're going to be laying on the couch because you have zero energy from the sugar crash. And so I went left. And all that did happen. There's actually a physical thing in your mind, in your, a physical, it's the serotonin reward system. And it actually it releases endorphins to where you actually do get a little like, <clears throat> a little buzz off of it that you, you, you did something hard. Now, for those of you that, you know, are 90 pounds and, you know, you can eat all fried foods and never gain a pound. First of all, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, John, wherever he is. Uh, I hate him. But second of all, no, I love you in Jesus. But second of all, like, for the rest of us that aren't there, it's that little, that little thing of saying no there. Then set me up to do the next thing. And then the next thing. And then you start creating this momentum. And it actually brings more freedom to your life because you're not a slave to your fleshly desires. You're not a slave. You know, you, you, you're at work and someone says something snide to you. And you know Jesus is telling you to turn the other cheek to let it go. But boy, it's burning on the inside. And you just, you've got the perfect little thing to put them in their place. And it could just, you just stick the knife in and then you could twist it. And then, and then everybody's around. And so you'd have witnesses to how clever you are. And let it be an example to the rest of you. Don't mess with me. Because I'm quick and I am sharp and I can get you. But the Holy Spirit says, let it go. You don't need to bring strife into the office. Leave the drama at home. You're, you're here to be a light to the lost, to give my love. When, when you do that, when you're able to zip your lip and, and keep it on the inside, it builds a brick in your wall. It builds a brick in your wall. And so brick by brick, step by step, little decision by little decision, 
See, I, I doubt any of us are going to be arrested and put before a tribunal and say, deny Jesus or you're going to die. I mean, in this, in this country today, I doubt that's going to happen to any of us. So I don't know that any of us are going to have this huge decision to make for Jesus. Not in this country. Yet. <laughs> Yet. But it's the little things. The Bible says it's the little foxes that eat the vine. You know what the foxes do in a grape, a grape field, whatever it is? They eat the buds. The buds are sweet. They come through these little foxes, cute little things, innocent looking, and they eat the buds. Well, where they eat the buds, guess what? No fruit grows. And so it's these little decisions that the Lord puts before us. It's the little things. See, he's not so big that he can't see us. There's no place we can, there's no height we can go, no valley we can go, no dark cave. Wherever we go, he is there with us. There's no little part of our life that he's not concerned about. And so it's these little things that we do where we build and we build and we build and we build so that when the big things come, like the doctor's report that you're not looking for, like the pink slip from the company that you've worked for for 20 years, like that unexpected bill where the air conditioner crashes through the ceiling and, and now you, your home warranty just lapsed last month and now you've got this huge bill. When the big thing comes, you've already built up this wall and the Lord's already given you a, a way of escape from the snare of the fowler. He's already given you a way to get out of that. He's already put a foundation under you so that you can stand against the storm and it all started with a little self-discipline who would have thunk see we all have self-control it's a fruit of the holy spirit if you have given your life to jesus said jesus take my life be my savior forgive my sins forgive me the holy spirit is in you and this is a fruit of the holy spirit so it's already there but in 2 Peter, turn with me to 2 Peter. It says, 2 Peter 1, chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 3. It says, for his, I'm reading out of the Amplified. So if it's a little different than yours, that's why. For his divine power has bestowed on us absolutely. Say absolutely. Absolutely means absolutely. It means no exceptions. It means nothing left out, everything included. Absolutely everything necessary for a dynamic spiritual life and godliness through, okay, he's bestowed it on us, but we have a peace, through true and personal knowledge of him. True and personal knowledge of him. See, I don't, I don't want anybody to think we do not save ourselves. We need Jesus for that, right? He wipes out our sin. But the Bible talks about how we work out the salvation of our soul with fear and trembling. See, there's a mind, there's a will, and there's emotions. And in there, we have to work with the Holy Spirit. And when he convicts us, not condemns us, not guilts us, not shames us, 
But when we work with the Holy Spirit, when he convicts us and we say yes to him and no to our past, no to our experience, no to the way we've always done it, no to the way our grandmother did it and our great-grandmother did it, and this is how we've always done it in our church, and this is how we've always done it even in our country, and this is what we believe. Whenever we say no to, to ourselves and yes to him, that's when it all gets into motion. See, it says down in in verse uh, 5, for this very reason, applying your diligence. See, there's something we got to do. We got to work at this, folks. We got to work at this. So many times, I have just let life come at me. Now, over the last, I don't know, five, ten years, I've decided life is not coming at me. I'm coming at life. (laughs) I'm doing stuff on purpose. I'm doing stuff on purpose. I am saying things on purpose. You know, for years, I had all kinds of post-its. I haven't put them up yet in my, in my new house, but I will. All kinds of post-its of, of things God had promised, of things I was desiring, of scriptures that were mine. I would, I would purposely put them up and then say them out loud to me in the mirror. Like, I wanted me to see me saying that. Because, see, me didn't like me for so many years. Me hated who I was. I hated the way I talked. I hated the way I acted. I hated the way I, I was with other people. I hated the way I, I looked. I, there, there wasn't anything about myself that I valued or that I loved until Jesus began to say, well, I value it. And I had to say, well, I don't. And for a while I did. And then finally, you know, hard head got through the knocking, and it was like, okay, well, if Jesus likes it, then I need to like it. And then Jesus started saying, you know what, that judgment thing, I don't like that. Don't be judging other people. I don't like that. And I was like, well, that's how I feel better about myself. If I can find flaws with everybody else, maybe people aren't going to be seeing mine. And he said, I don't like it. And I had to say, okay, Jesus, what you hate, I will hate. And what you love, I will love. See, and so I had to apply diligence. I had to go after it. It didn't just land on me one day in church. Now, some people do get miraculously delivered. You know, there's those stories of people that get miraculously delivered of of cigarette smoking or of drugs or of alcoholism or of sex addiction or, or whatever. But then there's others that they just have to walk it out day by day, moment by moment, exercising their faith. See, it says here, applying your diligence to the divine promises. Make every effort in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence. And in moral excellence, knowledge, insight, and understanding. And in your knowledge, self-control. Woo! Right there it is in the middle. And in your self-control, steadfastness. What? I don't have to have self-control just once? I have to continue having self-control? You know, there was a time when I would, I'd been working out with a trainer for a long time, and I'd kind of gotten strong and, and gotten kind of in shape. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. I don't get to stop. <laughs> I cried. I really cried. I was upset. Like, I had done this for months and been so sore that you just, you just fall into a chair praying that you can get up. Sometimes I would just kind of go forward on my knees and then kind of get up from there because your, your legs are so sore, right? 
You lay over, you roll over at night, and it's just, oh, my abs, oh. Like, and then I, he told me, now, for maintenance. Uh, maintenance? <laughs> what? This doesn't just stay? I got to keep doing this? You big liar. <laughs> so, yeah, we got to have some steadfastness with our self-control. And in our steadfastness, godliness. Just in case we start thinking that we're the bomb.com because now we've got all this self-control and this knowledge, now we need a little godliness to make sure that we don't get too pumped up and get all judgmental and start trying to look down our noses at anybody. And then brotherly affection. Oh, you got to love the people you're with. Has God met you guys? And develop Christian love. That is, and this is it, Learning to unselfishly seek the best for others and to do things, to do things, to do things for their benefit. That means that little retort that you have for your coworker is that for their benefit or for yours? Like, is that for yours? You know, that, that little... Um, trinket that you want to buy you know the little purse the new shoes or whatever is that for your benefit well I'd have to say yes but <laughs> but then if I do that well I have all my nine dollars for Operation Christmas Child because watch those videos it changes kids lives it changes families lives they're planting churches from a box of doodads dollar store doodads is changing the world but do you have it to give, or did you spend your dollar store doodads on you? Ooh, I hope I've stepped on everybody's toes. I like to be an equal opportunity offender. And so then in verse 8, it says, For as these qualities are yours, you already have them. You have the Holy Spirit. You have them. None of us have an excuse. And are increasing in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity. They will keep you from being useless and unproductive in regard to true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to be useless. I don't want to get to heaven. I mean, I've said this before. There is a real heaven, and there are rewards for what we do here. It is dumb to, to deny that there's rewards for what we do, the good things that we do, but it's also dumb to do good things just for the rewards. That's one of those dichotomies that there's a balance in between. But there are streets with mansions, and I don't want my mansion on the backside because I didn't do anything. I'm just a little bit of a social climber still. Jesus, help me. This is what not to do, I guess. But I want my mansion right up front, and I want it big, and I want it rose gold, and I want it pretty. And so I don't want my life to be useless. I want people to be changed because they've known me. I want them to be different I want the world to be different because I lived, because I was willing to do the hard things, because I was willing to tell myself no so that I could say yes to Jesus. Therefore, believers, be all the more diligent. See, again, something we have to do. It doesn't just fall on us. To make certain about his calling and choosing. Be, that means, in other words, according to the Amplified, be sure that your behavior reflects and confirms your relationship with God. There is nothing that turns the world off more than a supposed Christian being ugly, mean, judgmental, 
hypocritical. That turns them off like that. They've seen enough of it. They've heard enough of it. They've witnessed enough of it. It is sickening to them. It is sickening to them. And so we have self-control. It's, it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, I have a horticulturalist in the family, and he tells me that to get more fruit on a fruit tree before the growing period, before the growing period, you prune the tree. So you cut away dead limbs, okay? You also cut away limbs that are growing too close to the main limbs because they can actually suck nutrients from the main limbs that are already there. And then you also thin out crowded and crossing twigs because you want room for the fruit. You don't want your fruit to look weird because there's another twig growing into it and it misshapens the fruit. See, we want the main limbs, the main things of Jesus. Jesus is on the main line. You know, we want what Jesus has called us to, to be the main things that we put our energy and our, our, our fruit and our sap and our, our light and our water into. See, we don't want to get distracted by, by minor things. We don't want to get distracted by other things. See, see, there's a lot of things I could do. I could be a wedding coordinator. I already started writing a book years ago. I, I could do weddings. I could do parties. I could organize big events. It's even been prophesied that I will organize big events. I could go into the corporate world. I'm 100% convinced. And if I'm convinced, I convince anybody else. I'm a salesperson to the core. I could, I could go and do that. And there was a time when I was really considering going into wedding, wedding um, organizing. But we were having services on Saturday night, and I clearly heard the Lord say no because I'd have to miss too many services. See, we got to keep the main thing the main thing. And that might mean that we have to write it out and put it on the mirror. The main thing is my time with Jesus. The main thing is saying yes to Jesus. The main thing is this savings number that the Lord has told us to get to. The main thing is that I tithe fully. The main thing is, is that I'm willing to give my time, that I'm willing to give my prayer, that I'm willing to step out and give a call, that I'm not so consumed with myself that I can text somebody else and pray them, that I can call somebody else and support them, that I can encourage somebody else. It's that I can do something for somebody else. And so as we prune away these things, as you turn left instead of right, say no to the donuts, it makes room for the fruit, and it produces more fruit. And that fruit is what we give to the world. It's what entices them to bring them in. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do they taste and see? Yes, there are rumors, stories, testimonies of a man in white appearing to those in Iran and in the Middle East. And so Jesus doesn't necessarily need us, but he would sure like to use us if we will make ourselves available. That is his design. That is his kingdom. That's, that's what he has in mind is to use his people to reach other people. So all this to say, it may be simple, have self-control. But it's not easy. Jesus said a lot of really simple things. But they're not easy. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
And we think, oh, sure, until you meet your neighbor. <laughs> and then you think, State Farm, why don't you stay over there? Like, you know, I saw a T-shirt that said, what essential oil mix will make people stop talking to me? I, I, I thought of somebody. But so just because something's simple, it doesn't mean it's easy. And see, we can't, we can't love our neighbor if we don't love who God's created us to be. And if we continue to run ourselves down, I stink, I'm a failure, I can't do this, I, I, I can't lose weight, I can't quit smoking, I can't quit spending money, I can't quit gossiping at work, I can't, I can't, I can't, when Jesus says you can. See, if, if, it's, if we don't have the self-discipline to shut off those voices and say no to us and yes to Jesus, no to the experience, no to the past, no to the evidence that the devil wants to pile up on us, no to, to our family history, no to our genetics, no to, to what sins we've done in the past, no to all of that and say yes to Jesus, we can't even love ourselves. There's so many of us that we walk around just under shame and guilt and self-condemnation and self-hatred. That how, how do we love anybody else if we don't even love who Jesus has for us? Now, that's not to say, and you know I'm always going to say it. It's, it's my little caveat. You know, we're not supposed to always be focused on us, right? What is, what is the saying? Uh, you're supposed to think of yourself less, not less of yourself, and see, now I value myself as Jesus created me and designed me to be, that, that I'm, I'm able to say no to things, no to thoughts, no to the devil, no to lies that he wants to bring in, no to, to despair, no to the world, woe is me, the sky is falling, the world has gone crazy, the, you know, the government has lost its mind, like no to all of this, and I'm able to say yes to Jesus, there's always hope. You are my, my rescuer. You create a, 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 way, a way of escape from the fowler. You are the one that, that fights my battles for me. I don't have to fight this battle. You fight it for me. And so it's just a simple little thing called self-control. I can see people are wanting to laugh just at me preaching about it. And it is funny. I mean, again, God, God uses paradoxes. But he's inviting us into a deeper place with him. He's inviting us into a deeper place of success. I mean, have you ever just felt like everything is just a losing battle? And this is how he's inviting us into success in the kingdom. Not an ambition and, and a career. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. And there's nothing wrong with having a career. I'm, I, I hope to have another one one day. But I'm, I'm talking about where we have victories in Jesus, where we see that lost loved one saved, where we see that sick person healed, where we see the salvations and, and the, the healings and the miracles that we're expecting. When we, when we get the unexpected check in the mail, when we get the unexpected house sale, when we get the unexpected call from a client that's, that we never thought we could reach and now they're open to hearing our, our pitch, you know, th th this works into every area of our lives and, and he's inviting us into enjoy victory with him. And so, 
this is an encouraging message. <laughs> Be encouraged. <laughs> you know, self-discipline can sound like a heavy, uh, religious, beat-you-over-the-head thing. But, but shake off that old mindset and realize that Jesus never calls us into something that's not good for us. He is good. He is always good. He is always working for our good, whether we see it or not. He's working every evil thing to our good. But one of the ways that we reach our good is whenever we say yes to him. And one of those things, one, is self-discipline. So stand to your feet. Oh. Let's just exercise our faith. Holy Spirit, in whatever area we need self-discipline. For some of it, it might be a total 360 degree all the way around in every area. For others of us, it might be just a few areas that the devil and our flesh has constantly tripped us up. But whatever area, we need self-control. Where We need your fruit of self-discipline. Holy Spirit, we say yes. We say yes to you. We say that if you convict us, not condemnation, but if you convict us, we say yes. If you give us opportunities to step into faith and to exercise our self-control, we say yes. And some of us are going to get that opportunity at lunch in just a few minutes. And if, if Holy Spirit, we just ask you, we, we invite you, we give you permission to change us to change us, to change the way we think, to change the way we see, to change the way we hear, to change our approach, to change our motive, to change our ideas, to change our dreams. We give you permission. We say yes to your will. And your will is only good for us. And so, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. He is such a good friend. He is such a good friend. Holy Spirit, you are a good, good friend. Thank you for loving us when we're not lovable. Thank you for loving us when we're bratty. Thank you for loving us when we stomp our foot and the toddler is screaming on the inside of us. Thank you that you don't give up, but you keep coming back and you keep coming back and you, you keep trying to get us to go in the right way. Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Let us see. And so I thank you for today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.